turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I mean, the devil comes to us in life. He comes to you and me, and I know it's the same temptation. He convinces us that there is no cross in the Christian journey, that grace is cheap but not costly, that we don't have to give of ourselves to receive the free gift. And the same error came to Christ. He offered Christ an easy exit from the path that led to glory. But there is no easy exit from the path that leads to glory. The cost of discipleship is real, and Christ chose the cross. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, make sure that you call us at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is there right now to take your prayer request and to pray with you. 888-244-HOPE. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is in the Cosmic Controversy series. It is number 14, entitled Cosmic Crisis, Your Crisis, and the Cross. That's Cosmic Crisis, Your Crisis, and the Cross. We will complete the broadcast here today. And now here he is, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Dear heart, the Bible is clear in Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. And that sin is the transgression of the law, we're told by John. You put it together and that law requires the death of the sinner. That's justice. But there is a deeper truth inside of God's law than just justice. The law of God requires something more profound than just justice. The law of God also requires forgiveness and mercy. Did you hear me? The same law that requires justice also requires that there be mercy. Satan had argued that the justice of God is incompatible with the principle of mercy. How can you let the sinner go free and enter in and be just at the same time? How can you do that? At the cross of Christ, God made Jesus to be sin. And in Jesus, the sinner was set free and forgiven. The most important truth of the gospel is the truth that Jesus died for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15.3 For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. You know, sometimes people come to church and they say, well, I don't know if anyone loves me. You ever ever feel that way? I live a hard life. Times are tough for me. Well, so-and-so didn't smile at me at church and I didn't get treated nice. Well, dear heart, let me ask you this question. When you came to church, what did you come to church for? To have someone smile at you? Or did you come to church to have God and Jesus proclaim, I have forgiven you of your sins. I have accepted you by grace. I have pardoned you from your iniquity. What did you come to church for? Well, I'd say it's the second one that means more to me than the first. It's nice to have smiles and people treat me nice. Please don't treat me mean after this service. But practically speaking, practically speaking, it's the second truth that's the deepest need that we have. You can analyze that verse all day long, but the Word of God is really quite plain here. Christ died for our sins. There are all kinds of different people in the world, and there's only one way in which we're all equal. I mean, sometimes we say, I want to feel like I'm equal to you, vice versa. Well, here's how we're all equal. 
We have all sinned and we continue to fall short of the glory of God. Paul says we all do that too. We're all equal in that way. So if you want to be equal, that's how you are. And so what does that mean? It means you deserve to die, I deserve to die, and yet Jesus died for you and me. That's what it means. Let it sink in real deep. The opposite is true too. He did not deserve to die for you at the cross at all, yet you live instead of him at the cross because of him. The cross is the great exchange where justice and mercy meet and they kiss in perfect agreement. And Jesus is the kiss of God where justice and mercy meet. Some have argued that the cross of Christ is the ultimate injustice. I always kind of, you know, in some ways I can maybe they're playing with words a little bit, but that's really not the case. That would be true if Jesus was forced to endure the cross. He was not forced to do anything at the cross. He willingly gave his life for the world, so you can't cry out that he's saying injustice. No. The cross of Christ is a revelation of the love of God, the will of God, the free choice of God in Christ that won the war in the great controversy with evil. There is no argument that Satan can bring against God that the cross of Christ has not answered eloquently. It is the focus and the final fix for evil. The cross of Christ is the victory of God over everything that is bad in our lives. As Christians... There are many things we can glory in, but the most important truth is the cross of Jesus Christ. I've been accused by some in my ministry over the years of emphasizing the cross of Christ too much. Every now and then I hear that. I'm going to speak to that very briefly. Whenever I hear this, I'm really dumbfounded by it. What should a gospel preacher emphasize if not the cross and the victory of the cross for the lives of men and women today? And what should they emphasize? If you want to overcome evil without the cross, dear heart, evil will overcome you. There is no victory in anyone's life unless they bow down at the cross and they experience Jesus' victory for them. I mean, if you're trying to fix your family, you're trying to put together the stuff and you have fractured, tense relationships in your home, I mean, how on earth can you do it without the cross? I mean, this notion you can get up here and say a few things and put a few points on the, on the screen and quote a few psychologists will not fix the selfishness of the human heart. It takes the cross of Christ when you bow down at that cross for healing to come into your life. This business of the cross is somehow inadequate and somehow lacking to change your life and bring you back to God is theological nonsense and satanic error from the very pit of perdition itself. The same gospel that was preached in the apostolic age is the same gospel for God's end-time church that will overcome evil at the end of the age. The greatest apostle, the apostle Paul, defined the central theme for the Christian era in Galatians 6.14, But far be it from me to glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The only way to get worldliness out of the church, the only way to extract evil from within is to lift up the cross of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2, Paul said, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now I, I believe in prophecy. I teach prophecy. But I refuse to teach these sacred truths without the cross of Christ. I believe that the prophecies are the proof of the gospel, not a replacement for it. And so the cross is the central theme. What did the cross of Christ accomplish that would make it the central and all-important teaching of the Christian era? There are five primary accomplishments that I'd like to list this morning, just going through them in, in brief order. Cross accomplishment number one. 
It removed the prince of this world as the leader of this planet. It kicked the devil out of his position of authority. When Satan deceived Adam, Satan became the prince of this world. Jesus calls him the prince of this world. He does not challenge that claim until the cross where he takes the title from him. At the cross, he threw him down. Revelation 12.10. Here we have the great emancipation proclamation that went throughout the universe when Christ hung on the cross of Calvary. It was the basis for his removal from the courts of heaven and for him to be removed from authority on earth. As Christ died, as he moved toward the resurrection, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ, meaning Messiah, have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. For 4,000 plus years of human history, a little child would bow down at the bed at night. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray my soul to keep. And as that prayer would ascend to God, according to this verse, the devil was the high priest for humanity. He was there to manipulate, to accuse, to obstruct the faith and prayers of God's people. But at the cross of Christ, he was removed. No more access, no more ability to fiddle with your prayers and manipulate outcomes. He was cast out of God's presence. And so in the book of Job, when he accused Job, he can't do that in New Testament era. He's not up there. John 12, 31, Jesus said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all, all, meaning everyone, the entire universe to myself. Dear heart, Jesus has authority. I mean, we're not talking about a Savior who has nothing. He has authority to deal with the devil in your life. Cross accomplishment number two. Jesus has been appointed because of the cross as the ruler of the kings of the earth. That means he's the second Adam. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I mean, when we pray to the Lord, we say, Lord, please answer my prayer. I hope you can. Now look at that verse very hard in your Bible. If all authority in heaven and earth has been given him, can he answer your prayer if it's according to the will of God, yes or no? Can he do impossible things for you even if you feel like he can't? Yes. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And what does that mean? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The authority of Christ is meant to mix with your life for the salvation and good of others. It's not just for you. He goes on to say, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Cross accomplishment number three. In Jesus, God has forgiven us all our sins. And that means Jesus is the only access you have to God to receive forgiveness. It's not a provision, it's a gift. And there's a big difference. Some people will say, well, you know, he just made a provision for you to be forgiven. Let me ask you this question. I want you to hear me now. Do we proclaim a good news or something which is becoming good news? It has to be something which is good news. In the heart of Christ... The heart of God was manifest as forgiveness for the human race. While it is true, you must receive it. While it is true, it is a gift. If you reject it, it does you no good. It is nonetheless in Jesus. And the Bible is abundantly clear on this. Colossians 2.13 And you who were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. That means before you turn to God. 
God made alive together with Him or in Him in the original language, having forgiven us all our trespasses, having canceled the bond which stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. You don't have to be a theologian to understand this verse, but you have to have a broken heart and fall at the cross to accept it. That forgiveness is there for you. It is in Jesus, in the eyes and the prayer of Jesus that said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Cross accomplishment number four, Jesus has freed us from our sins. Revelation 1, 5, and 6, John writes, Grace and peace from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the rulers of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us. Now, does it say this? To him who loves us and will free us from our sins by his blood. Does it say that in your Bible? What does it say? Look at it. Has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Cross, cross accomplishment number five. Jesus has overcome the evil that you must overcome. Now, Jesus did not save you so you could keep on sinning. Did you hear me? Christ did not go to the cross so you could keep on clinging to your sins. Christ took every sin that you have committed to that cross so he could cut you loose from it, so he could free you from its condemnation, so you would obey God through the power of the Holy Spirit and live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Your victory is really the victory worked out by him in your life already. What he has done, what he has lived through, what he has accomplished through faith is a gift to you in life. Your sanctification, your growth in God is just as much a gift as the forgiveness that comes from God. I'll prove it. Ephesians 2, 4. But God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses. What did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6. And raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, if you want the kindness of God in your life, if you want freedom in your life, it only comes through Jesus. It's not going to come any other way. And look at verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Now in the context... The faith he's talking about is the faith of Jesus. Christ went to that cross. He had perfect faith. And through the faith of Jesus, he has taken away that which can destroy you. He goes on to say, Not because of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So he's talking about the faith of Jesus. The good works and faith of Jesus. God has done for us. We cannot do. But notice the outcome which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Is there a place for works in the Christian life? Absolutely. Is there a place for the obedient life? You better believe it. Why? Because Jesus Christ has perfected for you forgiveness and a life and a robe of righteousness that can become a changed life for you every day of your life. Pastor Michael Oxenteco will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. 
To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. The Christian overcomes because he or she receives Jesus and because that person keeps Jesus. And Jesus is the victory. Christ's life takes the place of your failed life. His death is the death you deserve to die, but you live a new life because of Him. His life becomes your life because of the cross and the resurrection. The favor of God for Him as your great high priest has become God's gracious attitude of favor for you. And His future will never end because He will never end. And He is the basis of your todays and tomorrows. And dear heart, if you have Jesus, you can overcome any sin in your life. If you're trying to study your way to God, you can't get smart enough. If you're trying to manipulate your way to God, He won't be manipulated. If you're trying to bargain with God, He won't bargain with you. If you're trying to get around the cross of Christ to come to God, you can't avoid the cross of Christ to come to God. You will never make it without the cross of Christ. And Jesus, God has come to you at that cross. And Jesus, the God you need, has ended the war against you at the cross. And Jesus, justice and mercy have met and they've kissed you at the cross. Not just each other, but you. You were in the middle of justice and mercy and they kissed you at the cross. The justice you deserve and the mercy you need are at the cross, which is the crossroad of justice and mercy for you. There they are and Jesus is there where you need both. Christ said it is finished. He saw the fruit of his sacrifice and just before he died, He held us all in the arms of love that He had. He held us all. And before He died, He looked upon the baby that had been born. The church, the people of promise, all that would be. And He was satisfied. The arms that reached out on the cross of Calvary held us all tight. And He said, it is finished. Stacy Krim made national news this week. And she has taught us all what it means to come to the cross. In March of this year, she laughed and cried when she discovered that she was pregnant. She was a single mom by mistake. We call that sin. It would have been easy to let the baby go for obvious reasons. She didn't make that mistake. But when she heard the news, when she heard the news from the doctors, there was a lot of mother's love in her that was not willing to let the baby die. You see, she had heard that she had terminal cancer and that unless she let the baby go, she couldn't live. A mother was made for love and the fruit of love is children. And as she began to think about all these things that mothers want in life, to to have a baby, to hold it tight, to feel the love that goes between, to have that place in the house that is the child's place, she planned the future for her little one and there the doctor messed it all up. He said you have cancer, the kind of cancer that really you need to let the baby go. It was the kind of cancer she didn't want to have. She didn't want cancer at all. For you to live, the doctor said, the baby needs to die. The cancer had a life of its own. The danger was real that it would kill both of them. She was, she was really bargaining with time. So she made the decision to take the chance, keep the baby, and see if she could survive the cancer. Her pregnancy became a struggle for survival to give the gift of life. Primal survival and primal desire was fitted against a certain prognosis and fate of death. If she could only live a little longer, then maybe the baby she loved would live in her place. 
The birth struggle became a personal struggle to give life rather than to take life. The birth struggle became a contest of wills, her will for life over the will of death pulling her down, her love over self-love and the need to live. One great need and passion propelled this single mother to give birth to her daughter. She wanted her daughter, yet unborn, to live, and that single sacrifice would be the gift of her life to her. Now, we don't have to search for better examples of the love of God today. This is the best example I can find. Stacy Krim is a beautiful, love-frozen vignette of God, frozen in time for all to see. When she learned of the cancer, she wrote a friend, I'm worried about this baby. I hope I'll live long enough to have this baby. If anything happens to me, you take this child. She decided against chemotherapy because she didn't want the baby to be damaged. Finally, she collapsed in her home and she was rushed to the hospital in critical condition. She fell into a coma. The invasive tumor had wrapped itself around her brain stem and the baby's heart rate plummeted and her heart rate was dangling. So it was decided to deliver the baby. The doctor said, we've got to take this baby now. Dottie Mae was born to an unconscious mother whose heart stopped shortly after she gave birth. Two pounds and one ounce. That's all. But she was alive. The mother's heart recovered, but she was in a coma on life support dangling over the abyss. When the time was right on September 8th, she was resuscitated and she regained consciousness for the last time. A miracle that she could come back and see for an instant the fruit of her labor. At that moment, the doctors placed Dottie Mae in her mother's arms. They had protective instruments and other things to prevent the baby from having infection. So they just placed the baby right there in her mother's arms. She had given her life for the little life she held in her arms. She had given her life. And now at last she held the life she gave. She greeted her and she said goodbye at the same moment with what little strength she had. It was finished for her, but not for the little one in her arms. It was worth it for her to fight so hard for such a life to be. Stacy Krim died three days later. Her daughter is alive today because she used up every single ounce of her love and life to give Dottie Mae the gift of life. Dear heart, Jesus died for everyone in the whole wide world. He died for you. He died for me. He died to save us all from sin, from cosmic sin and personal sin. And he even died to keep the angels from sinning too. He used up every single ounce of his life so men and women and others could experience God's newness, but more than this, that men and women could be born again. Jesus is the life. And just before he died, he held the human race in his arms close to his heart. And he stretched out his arms at the cross of Calvary and justice and mercy met in his heart and he embraced the world. And his arms reached out to you in this room, to you in your struggle with life at this time, to you in your personal crises. And he held you at that hour. And he held the world in his arms just before he died. And he saw the fruit of the travail of his soul and he was satisfied. The atonement was complete. His life was enough life to give life to others. And as he died, the voice of a conqueror broke through the darkness of the cloud that settled on Calvary's cross. Christ did not die defeated. He cried out as the mighty conqueror of faith, It is finished. The lost was found. The price was paid. A baby was born, and the future is alive again. The prophet Isaiah described the outcome of the cross of Calvary in Isaiah 53 and 54. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. 
And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it is the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When he makes him an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And Isaiah then ends, Sing, O barren one, who did not bear Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in travail, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her that is married, says the Lord. Well, that will conclude today's Reaching Your Heart with our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Today's broadcast was entitled Cosmic Crisis, Your Crisis, and the Cross. Thank you so much for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. 888-244-HOPE That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Again, you can listen to this broadcast online at reachingyourheart.com in its entirety along with the rest of the Cosmic Controversy series. And join us again next time. We so appreciate you listening. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.